You're listening to the Bible Belt Bros podcast with my dad and his dumb friend. Enjoy! So, if you guys didn't notice, we took a week off. We've been trying to get this guy on the show, and just scheduling is just not working out. We found somebody better anyway. 100% better. 100% better. Better because he's... He's just better all around. Better all around, yes. All right, and it's the one, the only, Jordan Fisher. What? You guys have the same last name. Oh my goodness, we do. What a coincidence, dude. Coincidence it is. So Jordan is actually my brother. We've had my dad on here, and uh, we got good reviews about my dad, so we figured, let's try my brother. Don't suck. <laughs> that's Maya. Yeah, that's Maya. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so, I just meant in general, just don't, don't suck. Don't yeah, suck. That's true. Dad set a standard. Now you have to uh, live up to it. Yes, actually, you have to beat it. Ooh. You have to be better than Dad. So um, you have how many brothers, Andrew? Four. Three. Three. There's four boys. Oh yeah. I have three brothers. I'm your brother. True. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Jordan is a brother like right below me, and he's the better, the best brother. Um, like uh. I guess in everything. Is he the smartest? Yeah, he's definitely the smartest. Is he most a- athletic? No. He is pretty <laughs> athletic. At least he's not afraid to play football like my other brother. Cough, cough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Jeremiah is amazing at baseball. And um, I see him going places with baseball. Oh, why aren't we interviewing him? Uh, because this is an no inte- offense, Jordan, but this is an come in- on intelligent podcast, <laughs> right? It's not like my has very big IQ. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. So, anyways, uh, Jordan, you are known to be on Twitter all the time. Let's see. I got how many Twitter followers do you have, Andrew? Oh, hold on one second. That's going. Um, I have thirteen. Thirteen? Thirteen followers. One three. I don't even think you follow me on Twitter, dude. I actually don't. I actually don't follow friends on Twitter that I have a better relationship on Facebook, I guess. Gotcha. I, I usually use Twitter for celebrity stuff like that. Mm. Try not to cross the platform. Gotcha. Don't cross streams. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I got you, I got you. It's just a rule I've applied in all areas of my life. <laughs> so uh, how many followers you got? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm checking FanDuel right now just to see how much <laughs> money I'm not winning. And I'm not winning anything. But there's still hope. I got 129 followers. Ooh, 10 times the number I do. Yeah, but, you know, I look on there, and some of these guys are, you know, where you get followed. like Because I play fantasy sports, so I'm... Followed by Daily Fantasy Nerd, Fantasy Cash Hog. Oh, gotcha. DFS Report. So they're trying to like get me to follow them back, basically. Okay, I gotcha, I gotcha. Stupids, I probably only have 29 <laughs> actual <laughs> friends. So Jordan, how many do you have? Like 135. 130, man, Dusty, Dude. you almost have as much him. Okay, so uh, I need six of you guys, six listeners, please follow me on Twitter. Actually, I need seven. Let's let's just go above and beyond here, so uh, I can have more. I'm at 135,000. What? 135,000 followers. One three five zero zero zero. Like six digits. Wow. 
Okay, if all of Jordan's <laughs> followers just gave one dollar to this podcast, <laughs> we would have how much money? <laughs> <laughs> I need to do this. <laughs> Donate to the Jordan Fisher charity. Dang! Fund. So you have how many? How did you get all these followers? Are you just kind of just relationship that you built? Yeah, through the like, years. I started like four or five years ago, and it's gone from there. Crazy stuff happens. I don't really know. Hmm. So you started this when you were still in high school. Yeah. Started the Twitter. Jeez. It's Way crazy. back when. Hundred thirty-five thousand, dude. Well, here, here's the deal. One of our listeners. To this podcast has a major influence. You're right. <laughs> so why isn't are you subscribed to our podcast? I think so. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not like hundred percent sure how to subscribe to a I'm gonna be honest, this is the only podcast I've ever listened to. <laughs> well that's a good start. Hey, me too. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> I have not seen a review from you. We've asked all of our friends and family Subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. This is true. So numerous times it's been a ball. You've dropped it. But there's still maybe what we find out is if we actually have you on the podcast, then maybe you'll share it. I was I was waiting for you to get all of them done, then I could review the whole thing. (laughs) There you go. It's like a book. You can't review it until it's all done. (laughs) Well, that's not what we did. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. That's what this whole podcast is about. We took the book chapter by chapter. Oh, speaking of one quick story before we actually get started. Um, so my wife was sent on a work tri- trip to Houston, and we have family in Houston. So uh, we visited them and uh, kind of took an extra couple days since the company's paying for our flights to Houston. Pretty sweet. And uh, on the way back, my sister is not dating this guy, but is wants to date this guy, I guess you could say. They've been hanging out a lot. And he's kind of – I think he's from Brazil or something, and he kind of travels around, does worship music stuff. And uh, they've done some videos online of them singing together. It's pretty cool. But um, anyway, so we're in, the, we're in the airport of Houston, and this guy walks into the bathroom, and my wife goes, I think that's Crystal's friend. And I was like, what do you want me to do? Like walk next to him in the urinal and go, hey, dude, do you know my sister? I mean, I don't know what to, to expect from there. I was like, nah, I mean, it can't be. The dude's like, I know he was, I knew he was getting ready to leave my sister, but I didn't know where, where he was going, what's next city. And I thought he had actually already had left. And so, anyways, he walks out of the bathroom, and I was like, all right, I'll walk up to this weird guy and say, so I was like, hey, man, what's your name? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, do you know my sister? I'm already confused. Like, maybe this is the guy. And I'm like, do you know my sister, Crystal? And he's like, Dude, I do, you know, it's like, so it's just, I've never met this guy before, I've just seen him on videos online, and it's just kind of like, crazy world, like, he was on his way traveling, he was in, he was in the wrong air, part of the airport, which was really funny, but he was on a two-hour layover, and so, it's just crazy, crazy small So you world. didn't cross streams with We him. didn't cross streams, no, and uh, I said, get away from my sister, and I left, no, I'm joking. <laughs> Oh, Jay, he seemed like a nice Sorry, guy. Crystal. Sorry, Crystal. You're single forever. Yep, because of Dusty. So, all right, let's let's uh, let's get to what we've learned so far in the podcast. Uh, all right, Dusty, what have we learned so far? Nothing. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> I've learned a lot. I, I think the 
there's a lot of things that I have learned and I do agree with on the stances that he takes. I I think the only thing I've really disagreed with Frankie in this book has been the application of it. Um, I think that's really the only part where I'm kind of like, dude, come on now, you know, <laughs> like. Um, so you think pastors are useless and shouldn't get paid? And I uh, <laughs> just say it, dude. You don't have to apologize to anyone. No, not no, not in the current the way the churches are ma. The way the churches Modeled. operate now, no, the the pastors, most pastors aren't. There's some pastors that are, but I mean, in any profession, you could have that argument that there's some people that are worthless CEOs of companies. Right. And I'll agree to an extent. I don't believe that pastors should be paid as much as some pastors make. Definitely don't make it. It's not a job to be a quick rich, get, get rich, rich quick scheme. Yeah, I need Jordan. That's why we have Jordan. Grammar and spelling. Yes. <laughs> spell were, were check you, your voice. Yes, yeah, spell check. <laughs> spell check his voice, please. He's going to be my. Uh, He's going to be that beep noise, and then he's going to fill in the word. A little asterisk. Yes. <laughs> or you can say, uh, country of origin, please. That was where it's from. Since you, you're on Twitter probably right now, so just go ahead and just ask your friends. <laughs> I'm sure you got somebody smart on there. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I don't think it should be a get-rich-quick scheme. Type thing, you know, where they're making millions well, of dollars. And not even get rich quick, but it shouldn't just be a way that you can get by making a living. You know, I, I really think that the call of a pastor is more than a career, I guess. And so the problem with what, with what I have is kind of the same thing that Frankie has had is that too often the career of a pastor is based on how much schooling they've had everything that everything that your job is based off of when you're working in a secular market and so based on your experience and your history of you know your education all that stuff comes into making how much money you're going to make as a pastor and there's step ladders to to success in the church where you start off as a intern and then you end up you work your way up through the youth ministry, music ministry, to the youth ministry, to associate pastor, to senior pastor, and the pay scale follows that that line, I guess. Well, dude, where'd children's pastor go? <sighs> yeah. See, when I grew up, there wasn't even children's pastor, so that's a, another story. But so I guess that's where I that's that's kind of where I I have a problem with, I guess, on that part of the topic. Well, I do see that uh, you know it it shouldn't be. Um commercialized it shouldn't be like corporate america where uh your youth if you're calling to is as a youth pastor you should probably be a youth pastor and you know it, right. but, it, but don't if you want to help provide a, for your family or whatever and keep growing you're going to naturally become a pastor become a pastor right even and, if that's not your calling and some people will say well because they're getting older they don't relate well well that's really not true Okay. Yeah, I've seen a lots of um, youth pastors that old were youth pastors old, and they knew how to like reach kids and knew that the fact that it wasn't the flashiness that that stood the test of time. You know, it was the relationship side of it. 
So what did you learn about the church building, Dusty? What did I learn about the church building? The building. That echo, was like echo. Our, uh, I just <laughs> get it. Um, nothing new, really. I mean, I'm I come from a church plant that kind of had has those feelings about the church buildings, building, right? And so, which we have a church building now, but <laughs> but we 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 grew up with the model of it's not about the building, and so I've already kind of had that mindset. I still feel like it's it's hard because you you want like a central meeting place and so we end up building a building to to make that more convenient I guess especially if we're going to add all the lights and the haze and the production side of it it's really hard to start setting up hours and hours and hours a week for a 1 hour service kind of seems pointless but at the same time then you know you're paying all this money for a building you meet in once a week kind of sucks too it does, and that's uh, you know that's why I like churches that use their building as multi-purpose building. You know they don't, um, they don't have separate rooms. You know that are dedicated to like a nursery or dedicated to uh, offices. Just all the walls are removable, and you can use that space for something else every day. So what about having secular multi-use buildings that are used for the church? I would like that. That's especially that's, if it's a secular. Yeah, that's kind of what that's I'm an outreach. more passionate about, and and I don't really necessarily feel like meeting corporately as a huge group of people. To so like say the community building here in town, the Case Community Center. Yeah, but I don't think that's something we have to do every Sunday. I guess. Oh, I see what you're saying. Like I, I feel like focusing more like the church and Acts. They met daily in their homes and their relationships with their people. And their friends and their families that were with them, and and I, I think we focus on having some of that attitude. Hey, um, when did focus get a T? <laughs> Where's my grammar? <laughs> Come on. Asterisk. <laughs> Thank you, Jordan. <laughs> but I, I don't know. For me, I just I feel like maybe if we focus a little bit more on the day-to-day aspect and less on the Sunday morning aspect, I think I think that might bring some change, some good well, change. That would definitely bring change. But again, as I said back on uh, what, what day was or what chapter was the Acts? Not the church. Was it the church building? Well, that's what we're talking about. <laughs> Yeah, I guess it was. That's why I said back on the church building, you know, we, we still have to have that building, though, because say we met at the Case Community Center once a month for corporate worship or whatever, people aren't going to know we're there. And that's why I've, I've always been an advocate for having an actual physical, hard-structured church building. But they would know you're there if you're involved with them on a day-to-day basis, if you're involved with your neighbors that's going to come up in a conversation. You know what I mean? Like we, your neighbors, the church's will, but what marketing about the... idea is so focused on we need a we need a big building and a big sign, so when people drive by, they will want to come. That's not, not necessarily so that they want to come. It's so that they know you are there, so that they know like when they drive by, they have somewhere to go when they need help. So when I drove to exactly. your house, I passed probably eight churches. So I knew when I drive drove to your house, I can go to any of these churches. That's right. These all are great. 
I wouldn't say that. Because, <laughs> How would I know? Because I know one of the churches you pass. <laughs> it's not great. They have like Yelp for church. <laughs> they, there's an app for that. That would be funny. Do, do they? We but should start that. Talk about no, creating dollar idea. Talk about creating an app for the American idea of church that it's all about our our wants and our needs, our comfort zones, and our right. comforts and our. If they don't have Krispy Kreme donuts and Starbucks coffee, I am not going yeah. there. Four stars because they did not give away free coffee. <laughs> Three and a half stars because the preaching was too long. That that's that would. One star because I got to the restaurant late for the lunch rush. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I missed kickoff in the football game. <laughs> All right, so getting back to what I was saying, Dusty, I I do think that it is, uh, uh, and it's important to have that building because, like Jordan was saying, when you drive by and you need help. You may not know, or that, or your, that body of believers isn't meeting for corporate worship, and so they're not going to have a place that they could go. If you're not meeting at the case that one day, you know somebody who is not part of your corporate worship session will not have a place to go or know where to go. That's why I'm a strong believer in a physical church building. Yeah, and with like a physical church building, it makes it easier to invite someone to that. You don't just go into like it's like a community center it's the church like uh the church that matters it's that church they know where it is because they've seen it they drove by it's familiar that's right it, it falls into their comfort zone until they get connected here's the problem i have with this two things i don't like you guys ganging up on me <laughs> i feel like you guys have already planned this from the beginning a little tag team action yeah <laughs> wait no hold on <laughs> no i mean uh you guys are brothers and um little brothers trying to suck up to the big brother and just agree with everything he says so we'll see uh but secondly, second thing se- secondly i mean i i i do agree in a sense that that yeah passing a church when somebody's in need or somebody's hurting and they're going through something and they don't have the Christian family around them or an influence around them, then, yeah, they might show up at the front door someday on a Sunday morning. Because it's expected. Everybody, almost anybody knows 9 a.m. on a Sunday morning, you can go to a church and you can you can end up at a service. Lordy, Lordy, Lordy. Dusty just changed his stance. No, 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 yes, yes, yes. You just said that yes, a church building is beneficial. The entire time, even back on that day, you're like, freaking listen to me. I did not. I, I, can see how that is true, but the, the long, the end game, I think it is. It hurts because, and I know for me in my life, it is way easy. To say I'm reaching out to lost people by saying you should come to church with me, but not really investing into the relationships with those people. You know, I don't know. I think I think it's a cop out a little bit on some of our evangelism strategies where we just try to invite them to church so that they'll say a prayer and then everything's good now. <laughs> you know, so if they never come back, we're okay. They said that prayer. That's not how salvation works, and that's not how I think. Christ intended the church to work. 
No, but that is I I'll agree with you. That is a cop out. Warning, warning. <laughs> you agreed with me. That is a cop out. Um because you're copping out of investing in that person's life. And I'll say I am as guilty as copy using that as a cop out as oh, yeah. anybody else. That's what I'm saying. You are. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the time you just want to push it on the pastor and just let him exactly. do his job. Exactly. And that's his job. And that's the problem that he Hey, I mean, if they're all, getting paid this well, <laughs> it all runs together. Yeah, we're paying him to reach our friends for Christ. But I mean, that's where this book all runs together. You know, if you 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 read his individual points about things, you're kind of like you're insanely crazy. But if you read it like as a whole, like yeah, it makes sense. We're we're copying out by just inviting people to a building that's not you know that you sit in a, in the front and you most likely don't have very meaningful relationships at those moments. And then we pay a pastor to do our evangelism strategy for us. So we, we invite in the church pastor, you do your thing and make it enjoyable and get them saved, you know, and we've taken all of the responsibility that the gospel has for each believer. We take it away off, off of ourselves. And we put it on the church and everything that happens in the building is, more important than what we do. When we're you know, it's actually funny. All the people's lives that I've invested in and I've talked to Christ about and I share with on a daily basis, I have not once invited them to our church. <laughs> That's so funny. No, that is funny. But it's mainly because they don't live in Sand Springs. The ones who live near Sand Springs. Well, why don't you I invite, them invite them to a church? I have. Say, hey, you, believe should, it. you should go to your by yourself to this other. You better believe I've I've done that. <laughs> And I've told them who to connect with at certain churches, and I've even told them I would go with them. But do you think maybe if – and I'm not saying that they would because there's probably more issues besides them stepping in the doors of a church. But maybe if you brought them and helped them make relationships with people in that church before they showed up at the front, would that help them? That probably would. But again, hey, you're relying on that church now, so there's a need for that church building. Where are they going to make those relationships? Well, here, let's use Jordan and I as an example. Actually, let's use Jordan. Jordan. Uh, because Jordan, we're from Missouri. He goes to college in Arkansas. His influence and his friends are all down in Arkansas. He's not going to bust them up to Missouri every Sunday for a church service. I don't think he should. So he gets them involved down there in a local church. Or why Jordan's, don't you just have church with him? Because Jordan's not always going to be there. So? Jordan, again, lives in Missouri. The church continues. The church doesn't need a leadership. If we're all, It needs somebody who can interpret properly. No, this girl told me today, and that talked to me today. I'm, I'm not lying. She was like, because we're talking about t-shirt designs. And uh, she found out that I was a Christian and through conversation and and uh was it that go make me a sandwich t-shirt no no it wasn't we weren't even talking about a christian t-shirt it was just you know, she saw something a story that uh we had helped after a tornado relief thing um anyway so um so our conversation went to christianity <laughs> so i'm trying to figure out what she wants this t-shirt design to be you know some gag gift it's really simple design and she's and i was like i'll send you the design i'll email it to you and you just let me know if it's good and then I'll print it. And she's like, well, you just – you be in the same mind as the Lord, and I'll be in the same mind as the Lord, and you'll just know. I'm like, I just want to – yeah. 
is that I don't think that's how it works. You see all the different denominations that we have in this city, you know, like not everybody who's in tune with the Holy Spirit, we're not all hearing the same thing. Why is that? Whatever, I'm going to go down to that Mormon town. So I'm going to make her the ugliest wife. shirt ever. And then you're gonna blame it on the Lord. I'm gonna say, Dude, <laughs> the Lord told me this was for you, and it was the same. I mean, did you not hear it? You know, something. That's stupid. But just put a pile of poop on there. <laughs> yeah, the poop emoji. Yes. And, yeah. Well, no, because that might actually be a good gag gift. <laughs> right, that's actually pretty cool. Yeah, and it might make you actually gag. <laughs> Dude, do a scratch and sniff. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. It's a scratch and sniff shirt. That would be awesome. <laughs> like you give a shirt to somebody and like, dude, this stinks so bad. And it's like, sorry, I already scratched the shirt. <laughs> and it's refillable. <laughs> you have like the little dryer. <laughs> when you dry it. <laughs> oh, man, that's a great idea. Another million. Or is this coming out of million dollar ideas? Yeah. Right million dollar ideas. Yeah, but that's one you can incorporate tomorrow. Yeah, I could. <laughs> I don't. I think I might lose customers if I did a scratch and sniff poop emoji shirt. <laughs> <laughs> what else did you learn, Andrew? Oh my goodness! <laughs> I'm trying to get back on track here. Um, I learned that. Let's uh, get off the building. Obviously, we. Well, don't yeah, agree. I was moving on. Yeah, we don't agree on that one. Um, and we don't really agree on the pastor one either. Let's see. I'm looking at the table of contents here. Let's go with um, Sunday morning costumes. I learned on that one. Hold on. Did you listen to that podcast but talking about the costumes? See, so that was the one where you talked about like you got like costumes. the Tommy Hilfiger shirt and it was. Oh like, yeah, we had Joe Joe Moore from the Real Life podcast. Yeah, I he think, was a I guest. Think I remember that. All right, so before you answer and you're brother just agrees with whatever you say what did you think about sunday morning costumes and how that affects the church i well like half my life i grew up in like church where you had dress up and i hated it and i didn't really care for the church either so i mean it went hand in hand but i don't think you should have to dress up i mean god knows your heart you don't you don't have to put on clothes for him i mean you can pray to him in your underwear and it's still the same as praying to him in a suit Drop the mic and walk out. <laughs> so, I mean. I agree. Do you just agree? <laughs> I'm just going to disagree, and I believe that you should wear a suit and tie, which I currently do not own. So, No, I agree because I know exactly the churches he's talking about because I was in those same churches. <laughs> I did like what you said that you haven't, hating dressing up for church and hating going to church went hand in hand. That's a good statement right there. That is. Some a word of truth. Word of truth, but we both agree on that. But Same I also topic. learned on that one that we should probably read the chapter <laughs> yeah. before we announce what is going to be in it. Yeah, before we say, all right, this guy we're going to talk about next week. Yeah. Yeah, even though we weren't supposed to read the chapter, we we completely guessed that one wrong. Yeah, that was... Um, ministers of music, I still don't consider them pastors. But we had a, a good friend of ours, William, on the show, um, who, you know, he does, and uh, he gets a his, you know, he gets a big role out of worship or, or music. 
portion of worship. Yeah, I do too. Where it's my... weird. I I get more. I'm more impacted during the worship if I'm engaged through using my gifts and talents in playing. Right. If I'm if I and it's probably just a musician side of me. Not that I'm I'm any good, but when I'm in the crowd, I find myself analyzing what people are doing and how they're sounding and finding the mistakes that they make and <laughs> laughing about it. You know. Especially when it's my friends playing and I know they made a mistake and I can see it in their face and I just wait for them to look at me and I just give them a smile <laughs> and they that, start cracking up laughing. That actually happened uh, – okay, so uh, last week uh, sermon – it was actually an interesting sermon and I'm not going to get into it because, again, we don't want to associate ourselves with a church. Yeah, whatever. However, somebody uh, on stage messed up. And I made eye contact with the pastor because he caught it too. And we both just kind of started laughing to it between us. And kind of had a little giggle laugh. Yeah, because we, we both caught it. Where we looked at each other and we both just started laughing. Uh, anyways. But I guess from being in a background of church, that, that's, you know, you've always been in the background of things happening. Right. That you know that you catch those really easy. Uh, I don't catch any of those. <laughs> I'm just sitting there trying to sing, and it's usually pretty bad. And so I don't get any uh, like enjoyment out of singing too much. See, neither do I. It's just our upbringing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no one can sing in our family. Nope. <laughs> or really cook. Eh, not really. But uh. Yeah, I can grill every once in a while. Yeah. But what I was going to say, Dusty, is um, actually – and this is no bash on our um, music leader at all because I love him to death and I love his voice. Hey, so I lead once in a while. What are you talking about? I know, about? <laughs> but that's what I was going to say is I actually can get into it more when it's you leading. Because I'm more in tune with the spirit. That's probably what it is. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Do you think any of it has to do with when you – accepted christ i was actually the worship leader then too and uh, so maybe it's just part of that just emotional it could be a, yeah. an emotional attachment could yeah. be and the fact that you were instrumental in my salvation and be. i mess up a lot so you don't even have to keep watching for it because you just know it's gonna happen <laughs> i'm like uh, i'm like all right we're taking a bet here taking pool when's dusty go mess up next you know how much money i made off of you <laughs> Well, I can buy FanDuel. <laughs> one thing with with leading worship is when you start doing multi services, it's really it's really hard to be as you know. I we show up on Sunday morning, and we we play the songs a couple times, and then I'm having the, the verse here. We play the songs a couple times, and then we take a break, and then we do a worship set, and then we take. A, you know, a good hour break, and then we play another worship set. And it's really hard to, like, not just be performing for the second service especially because you've just – I've just poured my heart out a little bit, you know, in the songs, and I'm supposed to do it again like it's fresh and new. And well, no, according to our guest that week, you are because, you know, you worship at home. Or what he said is he worships at home, and then when he comes, he is just performing. Yeah, I, I, and I just, that's weird to me. That's a lot like what dad does. Like, he doesn't get, like, uh, your dad preaches. He doesn't get, like, spiritual, <laughs> like, uh, what do you call it? A fed. Um, like, he, he doesn't get filled, yeah. Like, from preaching. He has mm -hmm. to feed himself elsewhere. Yeah, that's good. 
So he goes to other churches. No. <laughs> when do you remember? You're probably too young, but when your dad first became a youth pastor, do you remember that? I just remember the Diet Coke machine in the back. That's the only <laughs> thing I remember. That's about me with cars, man. I just remember the pinball machine in the garage. I never got to work on them with my dad. Okay. Well, I just – because he'd always listen to the sermons and then preach them word for word. <laughs> like listen to all these like famous sermons. Matt Carnes, Bob Caldwell. Uh, Bodie Bogdan. Bodie Bogdan, yeah. <laughs> uh, Jared Altick. Yeah, all those guys. Uh-huh. I know, because I would know exactly what Dad was going to say, because I would ride with him to Springfield on Wednesday. And then you would be like, you messed up. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, I was just wondering if you remember that. That's funny. Do you remember Dusty and I throwing you around? Where? Which time? (laughs) (laughs) At the house. Probably. We played catch with you. Yeah, we did play catch with you. I remember when you guys... uh... Wrapped me up in a blanket downstairs or something, and it was like, I don't even remember. <laughs> it was. I, just remember, I remember. I remember I being in a blanket, and you guys like wrapped me up and wouldn't let me go. And then I went. I think you guys made me go down the stairs in a sled one time. <laughs> that sounds right. <laughs> that sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> and then I remember mom was really mad. You guys broke the couch, and then you had a paintball war inside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're a little bit too into paintball that year. <laughs> and then, oh, uh, what? We uh, killed Bob the Builder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you killed Did you not cry about that? <laughs> Probably. You <laughs> cried a lot. I was like five. Oh, man. I'm so old. <laughs> I was like Aaron. Yeah. Was I that annoying? You know what uh, makes you feel yes. really old oh. is when some kid that you used to wrap in a blanket and throw down the stairs in a sled is now like in college and really smart. Right, and bigger than you? Well, anybody. It doesn't take much to be bigger than me. My seven-year-old son is all getting to that point. He's also more athletic than you. <laughs> no, no, no. Come on. Let's not get too crazy. All right, let's get back to this. We need to start wrapping this up. Already, we're... Okay, let's just get in the flow. I know, right? Um, so really the, our big chapters, uh, I would say, you know, tithing, clergy salary, um, that was, I guess our last big chapter. So in which Dusty and I, we took, we kind of almost sided with the book in this aspect that, um, the tithe was a, uh, set up as a Levitical tax. And we got a lot of flack for that one. And um, we, you know, we still believe it. We've we've read the the evidence that supports it. We've I've looked in at the actual verses in the Bible. I've read the footnotes that go along with it. I've read researched other um, scholars who believe the same thing. I've read those that don't believe that. And, you know, my opinion is, uh, you know, it was a tax system. And uh, for that, I don't apologize. Oh, you're so tough guy behind That's the right. mic over there. Whatever. I'll meet you. Let's let's meet halfway, Dusty. <laughs> I guess you want my takeaway point? Is that what you want? Um, Yeah, what's your takeaway? Okay, so my takeaway is this. You hear the argument, well, at least the church is doing something. Something is better than nothing. 
And that's, I've kind of struggled with that a little bit because I don't necessarily think that something that, if we're just trying, that's good enough. Even if the system's flawed, there's there's lots of corruption. There's wait, lots wait, of wait, waste. wait, wait, wait. Are you about to speak against participation trophies? <laughs> something like that. And so, um, which for my son, I mean, he's not that athletic, so it's, it was pretty nice when he got a trophy. <laughs> but even he knew we lost. Why did we get this trophy? Even he knew. Literally so. correct. Anyways, I, I was just kind of listening to some sermons and stuff, and I found Amos chapter 5. I know it's the Old Testament, but so is tithing. Okay. So Amos chapter 5. But I just said we don't believe in tithing. I know. But if you did and you're trying to. to well, to I took. Okay. No, nope, that's going to come off. Hold a on. Joke. That is going to come off wrong. I do believe in tithing. <laughs> <Ouch>. <laughs> I do not believe in what pastors say at the pulpit that it's a you know mandatory 10%. I believe it's. And that God hates you if you do not give. That's right. God will not bless you if you do not give. That's right. 10%. As a tithe, but you still have to you give. To give more. You still have to give an offering, but your tithe is ten percent. Yeah, no, that's not right. Okay, so Amos chapter five—it's kind of like God's yelling at people, kind of book in the Bible here. That happens a lot in the Bible. Yeah, and so I've always said that, like, I feel like you know, could it? My question is, could it possibly we be just as stupid as the Israelites were in the Bible? And, you know, we, we take a system that God made, and in 100 years or 200 years, we just filtered it back into the same stupid stuff we were doing before that Jesus actually came to get rid of. And so I, I've been wrestling with that because that's what I feel like. I feel like, man, God came and he set up this great system, and then we started putting the crud back into it. The, the crud that makes it more acceptable to the secular culture or fit in more with the secular culture, which is what Constantine did, which was good for the church in a sense where it led to more acceptability uh, in their culture. But at the same time, we were losing some of the power, I guess you can say, of the love one another daily kind of attitude. So anyway, so I was just kind of listening. Actually, this I think this was Francis Chan that I was listening to, but Amos chapter Amos chapter 5, verse 21, God says this. He says, I hate and despise your religious festivals. Your assemblies are a stench to me. Even though you bring me burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. Though you bring me choice fellowship offerings, I have no regard for them. Away with the noise of your songs. I will not listen to the music of your harps. But let justice roll on like a river, righteousness like, never, like a never-falling stream. Did you bring your sacrifices and offerings for 40 years in the wilderness, people of Israel? You have lifted up a shrine to your king, a pedestal of your idols, the star of your God, which you made for yourselves. And so when I read that verse, man, it, it kind of scares me a little bit with what church is. You know, and just because we meet on Sunday morning doesn't mean that's an acceptable gift to God. You know, and and people and I might be wrong, but but people are saying things like, you know, um you know, when they use that verse, two or more gathered, God will hear your cry, you know. I don't 
I think that's a little misused a little bit because just because we tell God to do something doesn't mean he's obligated to do it. You know, God is not our lap puppy that we call whenever we want him. And I think as a church, we just assume that just because we're singing praise to God, what we're feeling is from God. And I think sometimes we're feeling a little bit more of, um, I think some of the feelings that we get, we, we say are the Holy Spirit sometimes, but really it's just ourselves wanting to feel this way, wanting to feel better about ourselves, but we're really not tapping into the power of the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? And yes. a little bit. And so I don't know, like, so it just scares me that as I look at the church in general, the the amount of money and time that's wasted on making these one hour services happen. Yes, there's some churches where that one hour service is impactful to people's lives, but overall that is not the case in the church. And overall, most of those things are just a just a stupid noise to God, I think. And it's just a stupid stupid offering that we try to bring, even though in I mean, even though they brought him the burnt offering, the grain offerings, the best. It wasn't God wasn't saying these weren't the best, but it was because they didn't regard what their first love. They didn't love people and they didn't love the poor. And they they began to build offerings and idols mainly for their own feelings. You know, they they made their own gods for themselves. And it became more about themselves than about God. And I, 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 I'm scared that that's kind of where the church has gone. All right, you're repeating yourself, and I'm going to cut off your 10-minute rant. Thank you. Let's cut that down, please. So uh, first off, I wanted to come back with um, – I can't get used to you and your glasses. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. My wife thinks that looks hot. I kind of yeah. – Wear them for her, not for me. Well, <laughs> the real love, <laughs> right? Wear nothing for me. <laughs> you got it, baby. Um, second thing, I actually forgot because you just kept going on. <laughs> well, I, I didn't see if you were wanting to. I didn't. I didn't know if you were wanting to talk or not. I couldn't tell. You weren't really reacting to anything I was saying. You weren't giving me any kind of no feedback. <laughs> I don't. I just let you rant. But you know what I mean, right? Like, mm-hmm. I'm scared that that is the case. I might be wrong with the whole Holy Spirit thing. But I mean, we all – I mean, a lot of people just go into church, put on their happy face, and act like they're so holy and everything. And really, they're not living a godly life at all. And just because they – and the Bible even warns about this. But just because they've said a prayer on that Sunday morning service, that doesn't mean they're going to heaven. Just because they they show up, like you said, on Sunday morning, they put on the act, they become a good person, doesn't necessarily mean they're going to heaven. Now, you know, I say that, and how can I judge people? <laughs> but still, Mister Spud Checker, I had to go back to him. Oh yeah. Because uh, what Jordan reminded me, or what what Jordan just said, reminded me of Mister Spud Checker. So uh, before we wrap this up. This is going to be the last uh, last discussion we have about this book. We are done with this book. We are done. Thank you. We're actually having a book burning session. <laughs> <laughs> Where do we go from here, Dusty? Where do we go from here? In that band. <laughs>
I don't know. I think it's Pillar. Okay. Not 100% sure, though. How we disappear? I, I think Tulsa. Skillet. Just kidding. I know. Uh, Rob actually was the lead uh, worship pastor at Life Church on 41st, and then he became the campus pastor there. So speaking of corporate model and working your way up the ladder, <laughs> <laughs> Touché, just a little bit. All right. So where do we go from here, Dusty? What's next? Well, just when you guys thought it was over, we're going to continue having a podcast. What? I don't I get know. a vacation. No vacation. I don't know. But you went to Houston. I did. So what? <laughs> <laughs> Now I'm obligated to listen to more podcasts. Exactly. <laughs> so you must subscribe, Jordan. Rate and uh, review. Rate and review. Yeah, I rate and review my own podcast. Though. Yes. I did. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a great podcast. <laughs> yeah. Best speakers ever. Especially that Andrew guy. He's so amazing. <laughs> well, we're going to continue to tap into our resources. I mean, we have – We've been in grew, we've grown up in church. I've been in ministry. We 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 just have tons of ministry friends that we're gonna be able to bring on, and we're just gonna continue to tap tackle topics like uh, I'm sure we'll come back to tithing as much as Andrew's like that one and uh, other things. I mean, I'm really interested in. I have a, a friend who's a pastor at a Pentecostal at, at a Pentecostal church, and I'm really interested in the whole tithings or not tithing. Speaking in tongues. <laughs> Speaking in tongues. And I want to know how they tithe too, and how they tithe, you know. Yeah. Every every uh, guest we're gonna have on, I'm gonna to talk to them about tithing. We're gonna have them give us their tithing statements before they get on the podcast, <laughs> just to review, make sure you're really meaning what you're saying. Um, and then one of the topics I want to talk about, which we're gonna try and get a guest on for this one, is um, hell. Are there two different hells? What? Oh yes. Because uh, there is a. Can we a... tell some ghost hunting stories on that episode? Yes. We got plenty of those. We can. Uh, because actually, uh, and this was a great message I recently heard that there was a you know a totally different view of hell that the Bible describes that I've never thought about and I've never read it that way. But there is so much, uh, so so many so much scripture. You know, pointing this way that it was so such mind blowing that uh, mm-hmm. I want to discuss that now. I'm okay. Interested. Well, I better figure out what you're talking about so I can <laughs> have some sort of knowledge on that. Why you Let's never see. read the chapters, anyways? But I listen to things, and I talk to people. I did other research. I uh, yeah. All right, so we're gonna start this Twitter thing. We're gonna see how if we can beat Jordan. Uh, let's get as many followers as possible. Yes. Yeah, but we're going to combine our accounts. Yeah, we'll combine. <laughs> but not cross streams. No cross streams. Just com- we'll- How does that work? <laughs> we're going to be stream, back to back. One one step at a time, Jordan. We're, we're going to figure this thing out. Yes. 140 followers at a time. <laughs> yes, exactly. So uh, thanks, Jordan, for being on the podcast. I mean, we'll probably have to cut out because you talk so much. Totally. I mean, you're just like – Golly, it's not about you, okay? Right, the guest is not supposed to run the show, Jordan. <laughs> you got to tell me this beforehand? No. And, uh... That's the last time I let you prep the guest, Dusty. Yeah. <laughs> Who picked this guy? Hey, when when's Maya freeze? <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> 
you know, he's pretty heavy in baseball right now, so it's going to be a few months. That's right. All right. So we will uh, be back next week with more awesomeness. I'm actually interested. What are we going to be back with next week? I have no idea. We'll we'll let the spirit guide us, Andrew. Wow. (laughs) Scratch us in the t-shirts. I tap into the Holy Spirit. You'll tap into the Holy Spirit. And we'll show up next week with the same idea. That's how it works, right? It better be a scratch and sniff t-shirt. <laughs> Later. <laughs> <laughs>